0: Praise God. We are still studying the book of James. Remember I told you something about two months ago when you come to the church. There are two things that you're supposed to bring into the house of God. Does anybody know what it is? Thank you. You have it, brother. I asked you if you can bring your Bibles and bring a notebook. Because here I'm not going to preach. I'm going to teach. And when you are going to learn, it's always good to take notes. So be prepared. We are going to continue uh, our study on the book of James, which is grow up rather than give up. Grow up rather than give up. We are doing the sixth part now. We are on the sixth part on the study of James. We are in the second book of James. We are in the second book, and we are going to cover today from verse 14 to 26. May God give us the grace that we will be able to finish it from 14 to 26. That's going to be our study. Can we open our Bibles to the book of James chapter 2? We will read from verse 14 to 26.
1: A brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. Was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deed is dead.
0: Let's bow our heads. Most gracious and loving Father, we thank you for your word. Abba, we pray that you will take this word And let life flow through us, Lord God. Father, we pray that we will hear your word today. Give us grace that we will put it into action. We pray that this word will bring forth life in us. Father, I pray, Master, in the name of Jesus, that every heart that is here, every person that is here, I pray that they will open their hearts to receive your word, Daddy. Father, I pray that the enemy will not steal even a single word from them in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the ones very specially sitting at the back. I pray, Lord God, that there will be no disturbance, that the word will reach them, and they will receive what is in store for them today, for those of us even in the front. Father, give me grace to exalt the name of Jesus above every other name. Because your word says, when we lift up the name of Jesus, you will draw all men. I pray today, Master, for everyone who is here, for those who are coming here for the first time, those who have been here for a long time, I pray that today's word will have a change in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I title today's message, Of the scripture that we just read from 14 to 16. And the title of that message is, How to Have Real Faith. How to Have Real Faith. Yes, my sister, can you put that slide, please? If you look very carefully, the Coca Cola Company, they say that their drink is the real thing. If you go to Coca Cola Company, they say, Our drink, is real. There are different religions also that say the same thing That our religion is the real religion Many of these religions offer you religion But not a relationship They offer you a crown But not a cross They offer you salvation But not a savior These religions offer you peace Without the Prince of Peace These religions offer you comfort Without any commitment These religions offer you faith But not the real faith That's how in the religion thing Let us quickly turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 5 If any of you doesn't have a Bible Please I kindly request you To share with the person on your left or your right this is the word of God And when you see the word of God And you read the word of God God's words bring life into you Please 2 Corinthians thirteen, 15. 2
1: Corinthians 13 verses 5, 5 5 Says that examine yourself To see whether you are in the faith Test yourself Or do you not realize this about yourself Yes
0: brother Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith, it says, test yourself. James is saying, let us examine the faith you have, and let us see the, and the faith that you claim to have, whether that faith is real. That's what James is saying. Let us now take the faith you have, and put it under the microscope of God's word, and see what it really is. Anything that we have, unless we examine it with the word of God, we will be able to test it. James is saying faith and action, they go and in and. It's like a railway train. It needs two, two tracks to go. James is saying faith that saves is the faith that serves. Faith that saves is a faith that serves. I want this afternoon to teach you what James is saying about how to have real faith. Let us go back and look at what the writer is saying in that time, and let us see in the circumstances why the writer is writing this. This passage is the most controversial passage and most misunderstood passage in the Book of James. This one passage Every cult Misunderstands it And they try to take this passage to prove That you can work your way Into heaven They have taken this one passage Most misunderstood and said You can work your way into heaven The entire New Testament Teaches us That we are saved by Faith alone By grace Through faith we are Saved. Now James comes along and he says, that's not enough. It is not just faith, but faith and works. James comes along. So, what is James trying to tell the Christians of those days? We have to be very careful. James and Paul are both right of what they have spoken. Both are talking two different things. James and Paul are talking two different things. Paul was fighting the problem of legalism when he was talking about faith. The problem that he was talking about is the people of that time believed, I got to keep all the Jewish laws and regulations in order to be a Christian. And Paul was fighting that type of group of people, but James was not fighting legalism, He was fighting laziness within the body of Christ. It does not matter, the group of people that James was talking to, these people believed, it does not matter what you do as a Christian, as long as you believe in Jesus. You can believe in Jesus, do all the nonsense, and you can go to heaven. So James was dealing with this type of people. They were fighting two different groups of people within the body, both of them, but both use the same word and that word is works. Both were using the same word works, but they were looking at two different people. We are going to look at number one, when Paul used the word works, He was talking about the Jewish law like circumcision and things like that. That's what Paul was talking about. He was talking about the law. But when James was talking about words, the same word, he was talking about the lifestyle of a Christian. About acts of love. And all these things James was talking about. Paul was focusing, second point my sister. Third point please. Paul was focusing on the root of salvation. What happens to me internally? That's what Paul was looking. When I get saved, what happens to me internally? James focuses on the fruit of salvation. What happens on the outside of me as a result of what took place inside of me? You seen that? Now, Jesus said... You will know them by their fruits. That's what Jesus said. Next point is, Paul is talking about how to know you are a Christian. Paul is saying, how do you know you are a Christian? James comes along and he says, I want to show you how to live as a Christian. I want to show you how to live. Paul says, how to know you are a Christian. James says, no, I want to show you how to live as a Christian. Paul is talking in this passage on faith alone. How to become a believer. That's what Paul is talking about. How to become a believer. James is talking about how to behave as a believer. Have you seen this? So there's no contradiction in both. We should not take this and say there's a contradiction of them both. They were both looking at it in different angles. Now, All this put and summoned up in one scripture Let us turn to Ephesians chapter 2 And let us look at this entirely Ephesians chapter 2 Verses 8 to 10 And this is all summoned up in these two scriptures Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 For
1: by grace you have been saved through faith And this is not your own doing It is the gift of God Not as a result of works So that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that
0: we should walk in them. I have taken this, two verses, and I have summarized it into two lines. Let me read it to you. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, for a life of good works, That God has already prepared for us to do. I have summarized that in two lines. Paul mentions three truths in the scripture to know about salvation. Number one, he talks about by grace. If you look at your Bibles and you look at the scripture that we have just read. Number one, it is by grace. Number two, by through faith. And number three, for good works. If you summarize the scripture together, this is what Paul is saying. By grace, through faith, for good works. Now, as a believer, if you turn this around, you are going to mess everything up. Paul is saying, we are saved by faith. James says, wait along. Faith alone, not enough. It's not enough. In other words, genuine saving faith will produce what? Fruit. Amen. Genuine saving faith Will produce fruit So let us Let me take this If you are not saved The thing is How do I know that I am a believer You might ask a question Maybe those of you who are new in the Lord You might ask a question How do I know or How do I show that I am a believer James is giving us five principles To understand to know whether you are truly saved in the, with the word of God, walking in line. There are five principles. Principle number one, yes my sister, real faith is more than empty confession. Real faith is more than empty com- confession. Now we are going back to our scripture, verse 14 says, What shall it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he had faith and not worth, can faith Save him. If those of you who have the NLT, let us look at the NLT, what the NLT Bible says. Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you do not prove it by your action? That kind of faith cannot save anybody, anyone. The NLT Bible says. It doesn't, no, if you look at the scripture, it doesn't say that the person has faith. Look at the scripture very carefully The writer James is not saying that he has faith He claims to have faith It doesn't say that he has faith But he claims to have faith There are many people Who who claim to be Christians within the body of Christ They say I am born again They say I am spirit filled But there is nothing in their lifestyle To prove that they are True Christians you watch their lifestyle nothing just like an unbeliever we the people of the church we label people as Christians if they make the slightest noise in the church of being a believer you got what I'm trying to say we label everyone as a, as a Christian just because they make some noise they do some gymnastics and they go Whether you are in the pew or whether you are here The slightest noise If he speaks in tongues Wow, that man is a believer No lifestyle We have done that The church has become a place for gymnastics Spiritual gymnastics Are taking place Look at the TV Go and look around, go to other churches and see We thank God That has not happened here And we pray to God it will never happen in Jesus name Amen Let us quickly turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 And see what Jesus says Not everybody who says to me Lord, Lord is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven Not everybody So there's a warning for all of us within this congregation today The Bible says this is not what I'm saying Not everybody who says to me Lord, Lord is going to enter Because our lifestyle does not match the Scripture. Let me quickly show you three areas that will change as a result of a real saving faith Three areas I will show you Number one, yes my sister, attitude Our attitude will change the first thing This deals with our, the state of our mind, our thoughts Let me ask you a question What is the first thing that comes in your mind the moment you wake up in the morning? Have you ever thought of it? Analyze it from today and see. What is the first thing that comes in your mind the moment you wake up your eyes? What is the last thing that comes across your mind before you go to bed? What is the continuously you start thinking during the entire day that flashes across your mind? Have you ever thought of that? Is God the center of our focus in everything that we do? Is is Christ the center of all our thoughts? The first thing that we get up in the morning is Christ who is the first thing that you think of. Is Christ the last thing that you think of? Is Christ during the entire day that you are reminded of yourself, who you are in Christ Jesus? The second thing is, we see an attitude, the second is action. The way we live is influenced by two By our attitude and our thoughts Our actions and our thoughts, both of them Our thoughts and our attitude will be manifested in our action during the entire day Our thoughts become action Our action becomes an habit And our habit becomes a lifestyle now as we keep going It all begins with your attitude It flows into your action. And the third point is, it goes into affection. This involves your emotion. In other words, what is most dear and most precious in your heart? Our affections involves two things, our attitude and our action. The word of God says, where your treasure are, that's where your heart will be. I want you to tap your neighbor on your left and your right and say, are you awake? For I am awake. Very soon I'll start walking between the pews now. Bible study is not easy. Bible study puts you to sleep. You know why? See, in preaching, the the messenger talks different things. He keeps you awake. He talks many things in preaching. But in teaching, the enemy puts you to sleep because you are going to learn. The scripture is going to be revealed. Truth is revealed. And the enemy doesn't want you to know truth. He doesn't want you to know. Because if you know truth, what it does? It sets you free. So the enemy says, I will make sure that this man is still in bondage, even though this word is spoken, because I will put him to bed. I will sing a beautiful lullaby for him. I can see so many eyes And I can see strong men, sorry. I can see faithful men. I can see senior men dozing off. Don't let the enemy have an upper hand over you. You are studying God's word. And the enemy has no authority to take that word away from you in Jesus' name. James is saying, real faith is more than empty confession. Real faith will change my attitude. It will change my action. It will change my affection towards three things. Action, attitude, and faith. What it does, it changes me towards God, towards the saints, and towards sinners. That's what real faith does. If we claim to be Christians and don't show any evidence in our life at all, it means we do not have genuine faith. Simple. My second point is, real faith is more than false compassion. Real faith is more than false compassion. James is dealing with something different here. In the early church, do you know when a person accepted Christ, they were at a risk of losing their property. The moment they, they confessed Christ, they were at a risk of losing Everything that they had because it was confiscated or it could be confiscated anytime. These people many times were stripped away of everything that they had just because they confessed the name of Jesus. James chapter, uh, the same, chapter 2 verse 15, the Bible says, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to him, go, I wish you well fed. But there's nothing about this physical need. What good is it? Just imagine after service. Okay, this will not happen in Jesus' name. I'm just giving you a story. Just after service, we all walk out of church. And I, I see you entering your car. You are so busy saying bye to me. And you close the door. You slam five of your fingers into the door. I come to you and I say, wow, I'm so sorry to see you're bleeding so badly. Get well soon, okay? And I walk away. Ah, oh, I got an hallelujah here. Will that help you in any way? First thing you'll call up Pastor Abraham, Pastor Lakin, Pastor Leslie. We need to have a council meeting, please. How dare you have that man preach, give such messages. He sees me bleeding and he says, go well, you'll be healed. And does nothing. That's what James is trying to show us. Next point, real faith is moved with compassion, yes my sister, is moved with compassion to help meet the need of the brother or sister that has fallen upon our times. Real faith will move you in compassion towards these people. Real faith takes initiative in our lives. A real believer will care for other believers. A real believer will care for other believers. A false believer will look at you and say, may God's grace go with you. Bye-bye. I'm not talking about providing for lazy people. Please, don't mention that and say, Brother is talking about, do you know most of us who are here in the Gulf, we have lazy brothers and sisters back at home who don't even go to work. They sit down there and they expect the money to come from you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking a brother or sister in need, genuine need. And I know of stories that even in the church, there's a person long time ago, not here, which I know, came to the church and said, I'm in need of something. The church helped this person. The next week I see that person with a phone, new phone. The person was in great need. Someone was very sick in their family. The church goes all out to help the person. And the next week, brand new phone in the hand. We misuse the church many times Real faith Next point Real faith is generous in giving to those in genuine need I want you to look at that word Genuine need Just because somebody cries to you Doesn't mean they have a need You need to pray and say Lord does this need Is it genuine Quickly let's turn to 1 John chapter 3 verse 17 1 John chapter 3 verse 17 The Bible says If Anyone has material possession and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Real faith is generous. Real faith wants to give. I want to ask you a question. This question is for all of us, including me. Who can count on you in a time of crisis? Can anybody say, I will call, I'll give an example, just Pastor Leslie at 12 o'clock. I can call him because I can depend upon him. I can call Brother Claudie and I know he will answer the phone. I know, I know it's very disturbing, you know, especially these phones. Let me be very honest, I put off my phone and I go to bed. Especially, you know, after 9 o'clock, a lot of messages keep coming. Messages that is not for edification. Just because someone likes a message, they send it to every Tom, Dick and Harry. And you are also included in that. Excellent man. warning for you. After 9 o'clock, don't send messages, please. I know you are excellent. Okay, don't test Let us also become excellent with you. You want to understand what I am trying to say? So that you can keep your phone on. Because otherwise, every time a message comes, an unwanted message, you wake up. The reason God has given us that, in case there is a call in the night, somebody might meet with an accident, and if everybody they call in Bread of Life and all the phones are switched off, you understand? You try. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? So we must not misuse it. I want to be honest with you. Two days ago, I sent a message at 1:30 because I found it was nice. And when I was preparing this message, I said, see, I myself have done it wrong. I sent a message at 1.30 in the night, Oman time, to India, to my nephew, which was around 3 o'clock in the morning. Imagine how he would have cursed me. You understand? I still not got any message from him, so I'm quiet. <laughs> verse 17. Let's quickly, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself is of, is, if not accompanied by action is, Faith not accompanied with action is dead. Let us quickly turn to Matthew chapter nine, verses thirty-five to thirty-eight. Matthew chapter nine, verses thirty-five to thirty-eight.
1: Matthew nine thirty-five and
0: Jesus to thirty-eight says, and
1: Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues
0: Okay, praise God. What was the most striking verse or word that you found in the scripture? When I was reading it, the most striking thing compared to the message is, He was moved with compassion. I want you to say a a ten second prayer right now. Having your eyes closed and say, God make me a man of compassion. Shall we do that? Just take ten seconds and say, Lord, make me a man of compassion Just like Jesus That I will be able to reach out Whenever there is a need In Jesus name we pray this prayer Amen My third point Real faith is more than a shallow conviction Real faith is more than a shallow conviction Tap your neighbor once again and say wake up Wake up Others I will give you the hallelujah Amen. People are driven by conviction. There are many people that say, I am not convinced, I am not convicted over this. I am going to... It doesn't matter what you are convicted or not. It is written, it's done. God's word says it, and that's done. You don't have to wait for conviction, but many people, when you are convicted of something that drives you, your conviction will determine your attitude Your course of action and your affection to serve God. Verse 18, it says, someone will say, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I will, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Real faith is visible in action. I want you to, if you have it in your Bible, show me. Can you underline that word? show me if you have it in your bible if you claim to be a christian people should be able to see it in your lifestyle james is saying show me if you claim to be a christian i have the right to ask you to prove by looking at your lifestyle james is telling the people i have the right to ask you you say I will say, "Show me your lifestyle, and I will tell you whether you are genuinely having true faith. Somebody said, "Faith is like calories. You cannot see it, but you can see the result of it. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. The Bible says there, "Therefore, if anyone's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come All things will start to become new It will not happen overnight But it will gradually happen As you allow Christ to abide in you My fourth point We are having five points totally My fourth point is Real faith is more than saying you believe in God Real faith is more than saying you believe in God James is now looking at verse 19. He says, Thou believeth that there is one God, thou dost well. The devil also believes and trembles. If you have NLT, look at what NLT says. Do you still think it is enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Look at that word. Demons tremble in terror. James is saying to these Christians, he is talking to these people in the church, you claim to have faith. That is good. But without action to back it up, you are no different than the devil. You say you have faith. Fantastic. Great. But if that faith does not have action, there is no difference between you and the demons. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that. And what they do? You know the demons do something extra than what you and I do? They tremble. How many of us, we come to the house of God? Do we have fear of God in us when we come? How many of us we waltz into the house of God? How many of us, when we are worshiping, do we have the awe of God in our in our hearts? When 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 we are worshiping, where is our mind? or just the words? Look look at it. The Bible says, when he, at the mention of Jesus' name, de- demons even tremble. Just at the mention. How many of us, month after month after month? After 12 o'clock, we walk into the church. If we really have reverence for God, we will run into the house of God. And I've been telling this in all my messages. Do you, you want to know a secret? Do you know that the demons are here even before you come in? I'll, I will explain how. Whenever you come in, the, the enemy knows that you're coming into the house of God. So he tries to, to, to stop you. He tries to cause trouble at home. He tries to cause trouble in the car while you and your wife are coming to cause fight so that you don't come with peace. So he already knows you're going into the house of God. He creates chaos. Maybe someone's doing some work in the, in, 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 with the music instruments and suddenly you do something and he gets stirred up, he gets angry. His mood is gone. The enemy is already here. Before even you can come just to stop you from Worshiping Jesus. You don't realize it. How many of us spend so much of time on our phone while the message is going on, wandering away? We have no reverence for God. The demons have more reverence for God than what all of us put together. We have to be very careful because the name of Jesus is so powerful. Look Look at the Hollywood. They have taken the name of Jesus and they even use the F word after it. Have you noticed that? We are no better because we have no reverence for that name at all. If we sing that song, Jesus, just the mention of your name. Have you seen, I have seen with my eyes demons go at the mention of Jesus' name. With, with mustard sized faith. We have taken that name for just the light, like we trample over that name. And demons have more fear over that name than all of us put together. James is saying, big deal. You believe, demons also believe. There's no difference between you and them. Psalm 14 verse 1. The Bible says in Psalm 14 verse 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. It is foolish to be an atheist And the devil is no fool The devil believes in God And an atheist doesn't believe in God The devil is the greatest theologian You know that? He knows more about the Bible than all of us put together Yes, let me say that I'm going to shake your 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 theology now And your faith The devil has more theology than all of us put together He can quote more scriptures than us put together he can quote. He has been in the world more longer than all of us put together. If you add all our ages together, and if our ages come to a mill to a thousand or ten thousand, he is more longer than that. Do you know that who's our enemy? He knows theology backward, forward, center, upward, sideways, every way. He knows theology. Satan believes. In the name of Jesus His demons believe There is power in the name of Jesus Do you and I believe That there is power in that name? That's the reason every time when you mention that name Mention it with authority To know that there is power In that name The word believe in the Greek means to trust in number 1 believe in the greek word means to cling to to rely to commit oneself to do we do any of these do we trust in jesus when things are going wrong do we cling to him morning noon and night Do we rely on Christ no matter what is happening around us when things are going wrong? Do we rely knowing that He is in control of our life? Do we commit all our doings in His, into His hand? Do we do it? That's what the word believe means in Greek. A lot of people are going to miss heaven 18 inches. What is, what am I saying? Many people are going to miss heaven eight, by 18 inches. You will be there, but not there. But I pray that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. They have all about God. They have all about Scripture. They have everything about salvation. Year. But nothing. Year. All their knowledge, year to year is 18 inches. You will know everything about Him. Year. But you do not manifest anything about him from here. You will miss Evan if you have him here. Last point. Real faith is made perfect, complete by works. Yes, my sister. Real faith is made perfect. Perfect means complete by works. That's the main thing. In the next couple of verses, James is going to illustrate two things of real faith that we are going to see. Faith is active, it's not passive, it's a commitment. Faith is a commitment. Now, the two illustrations that James is using is two different people. Let us go look at them one by one. Number one, he takes Abraham and he takes Rahab. Exactly two opposite extremes Abraham on my left Rehab on my right Abraham is a man James is showing Rehab is a woman Abraham is Jewish Rehab is Gentile Abraham is a patriot Rehab is a prostitute Abraham is somebody Rehab is nobody Abraham is a friend of God Rehab is an enemy of Israel Abraham is a major character in the Bible. Rahab is a minor character in the Bible. But, only one thing was common in these two people of two extremes. And you know what was common? Their faith of God. Their faith in God. Their faith in God led them into action. Both these people. When we look at a prostitute, we say she's damned for hell. We look at a thief, we say he's damned for hell. God looked at somebody, and he had beautiful things in store for that person's life when they put their faith. Amen? Number one, commitment to God will cause us to sacrifice our future if need be. Commitment to God will cause us to sacrifice our future if need be. Look at how James is looking at this character. When Abraham offered Isaac on the altar to God, he was sacrificing his future to God. Isaac was the the son promised through which Jesus Christ was supposed to come, eventually. Everything that God promised Abraham was wrapped up in Isaac. Didn't God tell Abraham, come out, look at the stars? You look at the number of the stars, and your descendants will be as much. If God promised him that, and now God says, give that to me. So everything of Abraham's future was in Isaac, and God says, now give your future to me. Take your future, the future that you have, give it to me. By sacrificing Isaac, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his future for God. The question I want to have you ask you today... Are you willing to sacrifice your future into God's hands today? Whatever be your future, are you willing? If God asks you to sacrifice your future today, are you willing to sacrifice it? We've seen a beautiful example. Everything was wrapped up in Isaac. And God says, give me that Isaac now. How many of us have so many things wrapped up for our future? But we say, God, I will give you everything. But don't ask me this one thing. Because you know this is my future. Don't ask me for that house. Please. That's the place I have to go in my old age home. Don't ask me for that gold. That's what I need. Don't ask me for this money. I need to buy a car with this money, God. You ask me for honey, I will give you my wife. Take my wife. But don't ask me for my money. My wife is sweeter than the money. Second point. Hallelujah. I like Pastor Sean. He's never asleep. Always with me. A man that walks along with me, Pastor Sean. Second one commitment to God will cause us to sacrifice our lives for the sake of others. Commitment to God will cause us to sacrifice our lives for the sake of others. Look at how beautifully James looks at the second character. This is exactly what Rahab did. Do you know Rahab jeopardized her life and the life of her family? when she hid the spies in her house. I want you to look think of this for us today. Just something came to my mind. If there's a notorious killer, okay, he's loose. This man has murdered millions of people. Okay? He's got a big gang. He's a terrorist. And imagine he's wanted by Interpol, Outer Pole, Mixed Pole, all the poles. Okay, he's wanted. And this man his his face is all out in the TV everywhere, cops are all over and suddenly he lands up in your house he knocks at your door, you open salaam alaikum and he walks in what will you do? will you hide him? that's what this woman did and you know if you hide this man, tomorrow morning you will lose your job after tomorrow you and your children will be beheaded no going back to India, Pakistan, Nepal, uh, uh, Nigeria. You'll never see that again. Nobody will know where you are. You'll disappear from the face of the earth. Will you hide that person? That's what Rehab did. Knowing that she's putting her entire family in jeopardy. She hid those spies. As a, you know something? Those spies were not her friends. They were her harsh enemies. As a result of what she did, she saved not only herself, but a household. Do you know one more thing? Because of her action, she was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Matthew 1 verse 5. Is not this what Jesus did for you and me on the cross? He offered himself as a sacrifice on your behalf and my behalf. He died that we might have life and live it to the abundance More abundantly. Jesus, do you know Jesus has faith on humanity? By demonstrating of his commitment to die, knowing that we will carry on this job of what he started. What a wonderful love was demonstrated on the cross. What wonderful grace. And it was amazing grace. The third point, our faith is not determined by what we do. It is demonstrated by what we do. Our faith is not determined by what we do. It is demonstrated by what we do. About 40 years ago, let me tell you the small story before I close. 40 years ago, there was a man by the name of George Baldwin. This man was a Canadian. And he made an announcement that he is going to walk across the Niagara Falls. And on the appointed day, mass thousands of thousands of people came to watch this. Unbelievable feat that was going to take place. People was on the Canadian border and on the American border. And they were all waiting. And Baldwin went over there and he took his first step on the tightrope across this Niagara Falls. And the people started cheering him. And when Baldwin was halfway through the Niagara Falls, people were thinking if he falls now, that will be the end of Baldwin. People were cheering. Many people were praying. But Baldwin walked across the Niagara Falls once. And the people went wild. And everyone was cheering. Baldwin stood on the other end and he says, I'm going to do it again. And people became more wild jumping. Baldwin walked across the Niagara Falls nine times. On the ninth time, he took a you know what is the, uh, it's a baron A baron is a kind of a of a small cart with a single wheel at the front Where you hold it He put mud into that cart He put mud into that cart And he walked across the Niagara Falls one time And people went more wild And when he stood there, one of the men shouted "Baldwin, I have faith you can do it one more time And Baldwin said, yes, I know that. And he says, he emptied all the dirt from the barren wheel. And he says, can you sit in it and I will take you across. And and that was another story. You know, we believe in Jesus. Jesus says, can you prove it? Yes, I know you say you believe in me. Can you prove it? Can you come and walk along with me? I will be with you. I will walk along with you. Our faith in Christ is demonstrated by our action. Action speaks louder than words. Today, the Lord Jesus tells you I have a baron, I have my yoke. Come and take the other side of my yoke, and I will walk with you. Are we willing to walk with our Savior? and say lord give me the strength to walk with you daddy and i will go in faith with you and god will never leave you he will never forsake you all the days of your life amen 2 corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 2 corinthians 13 verse 5 the bible says examine, examine yes examine please. yourself
1: to see whether you're in the faith test yourself Or do you not
0: realize this about yourself? Okay, brother. Thank you. Examine yourself and see whether you are in the faith. I want to ask you a few questions before we close. In the light of what James is saying, let us ask ourselves this question. Am I a Christian? I call myself a Christian. Am I a real Christian? I want you to ask yourself this afternoon, Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in line of what we just now heard. And ask yourself, do I just confess that I'm a Christian or am, am I a real Christian? Next question, is my lifestyle any different from the unbeliever? And if you get your answer as no, then you need to ask the Lord, Father, I need a change of heart today. So many people think it doesn't matter what you do as long as you believe. That will not take you to heaven, my brothers and sisters. You cannot say, I believe in Jesus and I'm going to heaven and live your own lifestyle. You're going to miss it. James is saying, that's not true. He's saying, your works are not going to take you to heaven, he says. It's not just by words. He's saying, demonstrate it. With faith. Amen. Many of you have this doubt here. You say that you are a good person. You say you are coming to church week after week. You smile. You talk to everybody in the church. You greet one another. You do everything that is required. But are you having real faith by demonstrating it outside the church? It's very easy to live Christ-like in the church but we have to live Christ-like outside the church it's very easy to greet Pastor Abraham and say God bless you because he'll smile back at you go to the world and try to do that that man will stab you in your back but can you love him can you love him my brothers and sisters let us quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 I want to ask you a question today If the Lord is to call you today, today be your last day, do you know where you are going? Are you sure you are going to be in heaven in line of what we just read? Let us quickly read Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace
1: you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Can I ask the choir to come quickly
0: to the. God reaches down to us. God is saying, I want to know You. I want to have a relationship with You. That's what God is saying. I want to have a relationship with You. And you say, Lord, I want to know you also. And I want to have a relationship with you. God's hand of grace reaches down to us to carry us. And when our hand of faith reaches out to him, that is called salvation. Amen? That is called salvation. In this passage that we have seen this afternoon... There were three types of faith demonstrated. The first faith was dead faith. The second faith was demonic faith. And the third faith was dynamic faith. Where do you stand? There's dead faith. We've seen the demonic faith where demons had faith. And we've seen dynamic faith by our actions. Today you choose... And only you will know where you stand. Only you will know. Let us rise on our feet. We are going to sing this song. What a faithful God I have.
2: today's word if you are blessed give a clap offering to the Lord let me extend that thought a little bit how many of you believe that God has spoken to you today turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7 You said that You believe that God has spoken to you Matthew chapter 7 Let's read verses 26 and 27 And this is what Jesus Christ says But everyone who hears these sayings of mine And does not do them Will be like a foolish man Who built his house on the sand And the rain descended And the floods came And the winds blew And bet on that house And it fell And great was its fall So if you have said That you believe That God has spoken to you this day You can't walk out of here And not put into action What you have been told Your life has got to change That's what God is saying And he's also telling us if you just think that I heard, I spoke, but you're not going to do anything about it, great will be your fall. God teaches us. God is so mindful of us. But God also gives us warnings. Let's just say thank you, Lord. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us today. We thank you Lord Father That you have asked us To examine ourselves Lord Father Are we just hearers Or do we go and do what you have asked us to do Father God we need to be Christians in action Father God I pray Lord That your grace will be upon us Lord that you will make us the kind of people you want us to be that we will truly be Christians in action and not the paralyzed Christians that some of us are Father God I pray Lord that you will continue to discipline us you will continue to nurture us you will continue to teach us Lord Father so that we will flourish and your name will be glorified Lord Father I pray Lord That when we see the suffering world outside, Lord Father, we will not move with hardened hearts, Lord Father. But you will give us that heart of compassion that you had when you walked on this earth. Father God, I pray, Lord, that each one of us will truly take your word and put it into action. We thank you, Lord Father, for using your servants this day. And we pray, Lord, that your anointing will continue to be poured out upon him, Lord Father. That you will continue to use him from this pulpit, Lord Father. That he will be able to teach us more truths, Lord Father, as you reveal it to him, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your blessings will be poured upon him and his family. And we commit them into your hands, Lord. Every desire of theirs, we commit into your hands, Lord. Take charge of every situation, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, we have one other prayer point. Some of you will remember that we have been praying for Sister Linus, the wife of Brother Terry, who was uh, in our church for many years as a council member. Uh, Sister Terry has been undergoing chemotherapy in India for uh, the cancer that she's had. She's gone through a couple of cycles. Uh, Shortly she will be returning home to Canada. Uh, So let's just continue to commit Sister, Sister Linus, Brother Terry, into the Lord's hand. And let's pray that the healing that God has started in her will be brought to completion. And everything shall be fine and well with her. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, for Sister Linus, Brother Terry, Lord Father. And we thank you, Lord Father, that your hand of healing is upon her, Lord Father. We pray, Lord Father God, that even as she returns home, Lord Father She will return home whole She will return home healed She will return home healthy, Lord Father We thank you, we praise you, Lord We give all praise, honor and glory to you, Lord In Jesus' name we pray, Amen Let's share the grace May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ The love of God The fellowship of the Holy Spirit Be with us all, now and forevermore Amen Amen Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Your watchword, Christian in Action, starting now.